Hello and welcome to the Filmmaking Stuff Podcast, where you'll get insider tactics on how to make, market, and sell your movie without the middleman. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host, LA-based motion picture executive, Jason Brubaker. Hey, filmmakers. Talking with us today is Delon Jay. He's an LA-based actor, producer, screenwriter, and musician. And I can't wait to get into this, but he's actually the top artist from his country of origin with six number one musical hits, four hip hop albums, and two new acoustic albums. Uh, you've also written three different screenplays for film and television, even have one that's optioned by Jen- Jennifer Lopez's uh, or her manager and, and, and I guess his production company. And we'll get into that a little bit more. Why you're, you're chatting with us today is you, you have a, a film out right now and it's an action film, which by the way, has a really high production value and it's called Hollow Point. And you produced it, you've started in it. To that end, I say, welcome to the show. Um, tell, tell us, before we get into the film, and I can't wait to talk to you about it, you, you mentioned uh, the, your country of origin. Where are you from? So, yeah, I was born in L.A., but my family's from Sri Lanka, and I've spent a lot of time there. You know, like almost all of the summers of my life have, or winters, have ended up in the motherland. So, and I speak the language, and I did a lot of work there as a musician, as an actor, and also just like philanthropy like you know helping with the tsunami stuff like that it's just i hold the country very close to me as my heritage in my home and so how does how does one go there and just end up with a bunch of musical hits that was an interesting thing because that was an accident that didn't happen on purpose when i released my first album i released it digitally and when it got released digitally it people in Sri Lanka were listening to it. How they heard of me, I, dude, I don't have the slightest clue. I don't know how they knew I was Sri Lankan. I mean, the album says the connection. When I released it, I went to Sri Lanka and around that time the tsunami hit. When the tsunami hit, you know, we were devastated. And um, it just happened to be that I had written a song about being proud to be Sri Lankan. And that song got very, very, very popular during that time because, you know, we were going through this like really, really tough time as a country. You know, we needed something like that. And so that song rose to number one in that time. And that's kind of like how my career kind of set off uh, in Sri Lanka. And and so you live in Los Angeles, but you also have this whole music career in a completely different country. Is there ever any feedback as to, do, do people ever ask you to move back? All the time, man. All the friggin' time, man. It's like, it's it happens all the time. Um, I can't because I like, I like where I, I like where I live. It's, it's my home and I, I wouldn't trade that for the world. You know, being born and raised in LA has changed the way I look at everything in life. You have the Los Angeles background, which kind of gives you, I, I would think some perspective in terms of music. And it's just great that you paid homage to your heritage, but were you doing film sim- simultaneous with the music? I was, I was doing film, but I was not focused on it. Like I'd always been an actor since I was a kid. So, so, that was kind of how it all started but um when i got into music i found it to be see you have to understand like when you have a beginning actor and a beginning musician the only way to tell the difference between the two is one has to act for you to see if they're any good and one has to sing or whatever skill they have and the problem with acting is you got to put a whole show together to do that so the the likelihood for you to find out whether someone really can act and the time frame that might take is so much longer than a musician like for me, you've seen that I've, I've been a rapper, I've been a singer, I've been an actor, I've been a writer. All those things are just creative ways to express myself. Well, one, one of the things that I see just 
in this short conversation is you're you're very entrepreneurial. Thanks, man. I try, man. It's it's tough, you know, when you're growing up, you're like, you're under this guise, right? This is a conversation always happening. You're under this guise that, you know, someone's going to find you. You're going to get discovered. They're going to put you on. You're going to get famous and rich. And that's just the way it goes. I think that conversation is total crap. By the way, yeah. are, you, are you washing your face mid-interview? <laughs> no, no, no. I was just washing my hands. <laughs> you do the work and you get the, the, the results. If you don't do the work, you don't get any results. And those random people who got discovered randomly, most of the time you'll see that there was like 10 years or like five to 10,000 hours of work done before, before that. Of course, there's nepotism in the game. Okay. But those guys aren't the stars. Well, I mean, even, even with, you know, connections, you still, you still have to show, it's everything you're saying. You still have to show up and do the work. And nowadays, bro, it's so much easier. Dude, we got YouTube. We got Instagram. You know, all of these things where before, like the barrier to put something up, there's no freaking excuse anymore. We, I mean, we, we shot a whole music video on the iPhone just because we were like, hey, we, because we can do it. Let's just do it. And, and I know I know we're jumping around. I'm just trying to kind of piece together your whole story. So how, how did you get this film together? Hollow Point. Yeah. Again, it, high production value, great action film. How to come about? Yeah. So uh, let me just give you one more piece that kind of like speaks the whole story because okay. So I started in entertainment when I was actually 12 years old. I was a DJ and we lived in a city called South Pasadena, which you should probably be familiar with. And then from South Pas, we moved to a city called San Marino, Pasadena, right? Mm -hmm. And I got shifted in sixth grade to like a public school um, that was like mostly white kids. And when we moved to that city, you know, none of the kids were listening to hip hop and hip hop was a big deal back then. And so I used to love the dance. So I told my brother, hey, bro, why don't we start a DJ company and just play hip hop? So he said, okay, because he's older than me. So he could drive me around. Obviously I'm 12, I can't go anywhere. And I grabbed his portable CD player, my portable CD player, took my dad's video mixer, which does no good for mixing songs, but you know, at least I can act like I'm mixing. And then grabbed my Sirwin Vegas speakers from my room and my house amp and told all my friends I was a DJ. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was it. So you, you created, you created a business in, in that moment. Um, so that's kind of like, I'm just saying that to kind of like point out, like, you know, this, this also didn't just start 10 years ago. This started 20 years ago. This is a long time ago, you know, I, so fast forward with the movie, you know, when I started to get involved in movies here was about three years ago. And I started to hit all these crazy barriers. You need an agent, you need a, this, you need, you need a manager. Oh, you need a real people got to see you act. You know, you have to have your sad card. My God, you know, like the amount of barriers people try to put in front of you is insane. There's a lot of that stuff. That's just like legacy leftover. It's really annoying that you have to jump through so many hoops to just get a project made. What I thought was, well, this all sounds great and all, but this sounds like the same crap I went through as a musician. So with the film, so basically I heard all these barriers and I said, this is bull crap. I'm not doing this again. I already spent yeah. 10 years as a musician doing this. I'm not going to spend 10 years as an actor doing this. I don't believe in it. I'm not going to do it. Now keep in mind, remember Harold and Kumar go to White Castle? Yeah. So when I was younger, uh, I, my friend told me, hey man, they're casting for some Indian guy, right? This is back then when Indian guys were not popular. Now we're kind of like, first thing I'm Sri Lankan, but you know, I say Indian because we're kind of all from the, cut from the same cloth, very similar cultures, right? As a kid, we, we go through like these experiences that kind of mold what we think might be the most important thing that we can do for society at large. And I feel like the most important thing I can do is bring light to South Asia as a group 
right? And and obviously I'm an individual and like, you know, I'm not really my body in that way, right? So like, yeah, I may have brown colored skin, but I'm still DeLon, right? Like I'm a soul, I'm me, right? So, but still at this moment, like <clears throat> I think it's important that different cultures that are underrepresented in the film industry should be represented because let's be honest, one third of the world is in Asia, A, and one sixth of the world is in India. So do I see one sixth of the characters on television Indian? Hell no, I do not. And that is infuriating. You don't understand how infuriating that is to me. Here you are putting together this project. It's, it's inclusive. And you've decided to make like a edgy action film. Yeah. So I met Adele and it was like, hey, you need an agent. So my lawyer hooked me up with Adele. We met, we became friends. And then it was like, okay, well, we need a project. And then I was like, oh, you know what? We need a project. Dang, how are we going to project? So he's like, well, I got a bunch of clients, you know, this and that. And then we started chatting and we thought, you know, it might be a good idea to start an agency because it would be the first kind of like Sri Lankan owned, black owned talent agency. Okay. Now this was a complete failure, just so you understand. So people know things happened well and things happened very badly. <laughs> In the interim time of trying it, we met Daniel Zarilli, who was friends with Adele. So Daniel sent me a script. I said, I don't like it. Daniel then called me and said, hey man, I got this other script now that I've seen you act, you're a really good actor. You know, I got this other script that I think you can do that we can do for a really small budget. You know, you want to take a look at it? I said, sure. I read it. I was like, dude, this script's actually pretty good. So what came next? You had a great script. You were able to, you were able to option that with your team, but then what'd you bring on next? A line producer? Yeah. Line producer. Okay. So now let me turn over hats and I'll explain kind of a little bit different side of who I am and how this actually worked out. My dad came here with nothing, like absolutely nothing. I was born in a middle-class family here. Right. So I, we weren't like poor when I was born. Right. So um, but he was, um, his dad died when he was seven and he lived like all over the streets of Sri Lanka, you know, fending for himself, living with his sister, you know, just kind of going house to house, you know, just getting himself He's a real hustler, my pops, you know? So when I went to college, I, so my dad was, um, <clears throat> at that time when I was younger, he was trying to do well, but he was constantly being, you know, taken advantage of financially by people because he trusts people. But that, that, that's our culture. Sri Lankans were very trustworthy. Like we'll let you in our house and we'll give you a meal before we even ask you your name. That's the part That's the part of our culture, who we are as a group. And so when I saw that constantly happening, how hard my dad was working and then how little money he was actually receiving or how people were trying to steal from him, I decided I never want this to happen to me. So I studied business. I studied this one thing that I thought my dad wasn't good at, so maybe one day I can help him with it. I studied real estate finance. I actually studied finance with an emphasis in real estate. And um, that hat is what served me when I made this movie. Because like anything in the world, if you can't get come up with the money, finance it and get your money back, right? Any business, you're pretty much screwed. So that was the next piece was like, okay, cool. So now I, coming from a finance background said, how much will this film cost? What actors do we need to sell this film so we can make our money back? So I got those as I can't really tell you specifically all the numbers, but I wanna just give you the idea, right? So they said, well, with these guys, we can make our money back on this film because these guys sell certain international. I said, okay, well, how much does the film cost? Well, nobody knows what the film costs, why? Because we need a line producer. So that's how the next person became the line producer. 
when, when you were trying to figure out the the rates for actors internationally, were you talking with sales agents? Yeah. So I worked the whole thing backwards. Like I do yeah. everything. I said, Daniel, because uh, Daniel's a director. Daniel's and Daniel is a really, he's a brilliant guy. So he said, listen, I can take it to the sales agent. Sales agent will tell us what characters we'll need in order to make money back on this film. Well, then first question is, is how much does the freaking film cost? Well, who does that? A line producer. You have to hire a line producer. So there's always a, a, like a small initial investment that you have to put in to do yeah. your due diligence. Most people don't do due diligence, right? No one's going to invest money in something unless they have all the data. The problem with us as artists is we go, well, I don't know what's going to happen. I hope that it goes well. That is not <laughs> how I do things. And I don't think that's how anybody should do things, honestly. But what I see is an entrepreneurial filmmaker who doesn't want to wait around and ask for permission to be successful. And at the same time, when you approach a project, you approach it from a very pragmatic perspective. You reverse engineer it first starting with, um, well, first you figure out your budget, but then out of that, you probably want to figure out you know, how to maybe make some margin, make a little money on the film. And so you're asking all the right questions. What elements do you need to decrease the risk and raise the probability for success? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's such a great approach. And, and so tell, tell us, and, and I know you don't want to get into the numbers and that's okay, but did you have to raise money for this or was it all bootstrap? It's bootstrap, bro. I did okay. it myself. Well, look, look at it from this perspective. If you're bootstrap and that means that you absolutely, you, you, don't, you don't have any margin for error here. You got to really take this seriously. Yeah, dude. So we got the line producer. I cut the budget down as much as I can. And then we turned around and got the actors uh, that made sense. You know, we tried for many different actors. We didn't get the, you know, we, of course, we didn't get everybody that we want, but we got some really great actors. We got Luke Goff, Michael Pere, Juju Chen. Uh, we had Roger Governor Smith. So we got all these actors and that's all thanks to Adele Noor, my co-producing partner, who was just really good at negotiating these deals. So then we did all that. And then uh, the line producer put together the schedule and believe it or not, we shot that 13 days. We shot a 90 minute movie. So the fact that you were able to fit all that in, that must've been a mad dash hustle. Well, it was a hustle, but also like we wanted to do it right. So we just picked the places where we could, you know, like, yeah, you could do it like on Los Angeles, you know, on Hollywood Boulevard, but you don't have a permit for that. So like, how can you get the movie sold I, I always say make make the film you can make based on the resources you have, but by all means, never compromise the safety of your set. And I think what I might start adding to that is never compromise the legality of your footage, you know? Yeah, because that you can't you can't put it out, dude, if it's not legal. You can you can get by, but you, it's really your intention. Where where are you at with Hollow Point right now? So Hollow Point right now has been sold to almost every international country. We're trying to do the domestic deal. And so I've been like held put on that because I believe that the domestic deal is a really important deal. And I don't want to do a, a deal where someone's like, thanks, I'll take that. So I'm just holding off. You know, it's not like I, I don't necessarily have a problem. I could sell it if I want to, but I just want to sell it for the right price. Look, I know we covered a lot of information in a short amount of time. And, and it's always these interviews where I, I could, when I vibe with somebody, I could literally talk all day. Uh, yeah. How can people find out more about you, your work and, and stay in touch with you? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the best way to get a hold of me is you can just straight up email me. And my name is D-I-L-A-N-J-A-Y at Gmail. Just my name at Gmail. And then if you want to look at my content, you can always go to my YouTube, which is youtube.com forward slash Delon J. Everything is Delon J. You can send me a message on my website, which is DelonJ.com. I'm on Instagram, Delon J. 
you know, I'm always creating content. Thanks for reminding us to, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, you got to take action. And if you don't have a lot of resources um, financially, you got to evaluate the resources you actually do have and leverage those to make something happen. So really appreciate you coming on the show and I look forward to seeing your work in the future. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of the Filmmaking Stuff podcast with Jason Brubaker. If you like our show and want to get more filmmaking info, make sure you check out filmmakingstuff.com and join us every week for new filmmaking tactics. Until next time, take action and make your movie now.